So it's great to see some of you this morning that I haven't seen in such a long time. For those of you who are listening online, my name is, or watching online, my name is Father Mark Bear, and I'm a priest with the Marian Fathers. And um, I currently serve in one of our parishes in the Midwest as an administrator. And it's been about four years since I've been up here um, at the shrine. And that was, was pre-live stream mass, pre-COVID obviously, and, and pre-Father um, Chris doing these live stream masses and all of his wonderful teachings um, that he's been doing. So um, I'm up here for meetings. We're having something, it's basically a, a time of spiritual renewal every five years. Those who are in perpetual vows um, come up for a time of spiritual renewal. So I'm up here to take part in this uh, little spiritual renewal meetings um, for these next couple weeks. So anyway, what I want to say today is that the theme of the reading, the readings, is God's desire to have mercy on us. God's desire in having mercy on us to build, to rebuild, restore, to heal. That's it. But it also requires our cooperation. To go deeper into that, let's go to the first reading and understand the historical context out of which the Lord speaks about this desire to rebuild and restore. And this is from the prophet Jeremiah. And of course, let's understand a little bit of, of biblical history, a brief understanding, of, a, a brief overview of biblical history to understand out of which the prophet Jeremiah does his ministry. And that's what? That's the fact that God chose the 12 tribes of Israel to be his chosen people. And we know that in about 926 BC, um, the kingdom split, right? 10 kingdoms went north and two remained south. One of them being the tribe of Judah, and I think Benjamin is the other one. But if there's biblical scholars out there who know, but who, who got it right, type it in there and let me know. Um, but I know Judah's one, I think Benjamin's the other, those two remain south. So anyway, at about 722 BC, the Assyrians came in and they invaded the northern, the northern tribes and kind of decimated them, all right? And then that's when the, the Israelites started to mix with the Samaritans. And then at about 587 BC, the Babylonians came in and they what? They invaded and destroyed the temple and then, you know, they, there was a lot of, of deaths that took place. And those that survived, they were taken into captivity to Babylon. And so the prophet Jeremiah is, is prophesying during this time. He prophesied beforehand, telling the, 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 the Israelites, the, the, the Jews, they need to change their ways and to follow the Lord. Because if not, the Lord is going to do a correction, right? He's going to come in and do a correction and a purification to their way of life. And he did. And so what we're hearing today in, in today's reading from the prophet Jeremiah is post-destruction of Jerusalem and post-exile, or meaning the people being taken into exile. And this is where the Lord, after the Lord did all this, he gives them a word of hope saying what? He says, I will be the God of all the tribes of Israel and they will be my people. So immediately 
after all of what has happened to Israel, both in the north and the south, God is telling them, don't be afraid. I am still with you. I am still your God. I still have plans for you. And and he gives more specific words to those who have just been taken off into exile. He reminds them that he reminds Israel. He says, with age old love, I have loved you. So I have kept my mercy towards you. So no matter, you know, because you have to imagine. I mean, imagine if, if, if a, a country came in and decimated America and took America or Americans off into exile. That would be a very traumatic event for us. And we would think like, where's God? You know, where, where is God? And so this is what the Israelites and these, especially these, these people in the southern kingdom were probably thinking. What, you know, we thought we were his chosen people, but yet these foreign powers have invaded our land and they have decimated us. And now not only that, but we're going in captivity to a foreign land. And they're like, we thought we were the chosen ones. And the Lord is giving them the word that, yes, you are still my people and I still have plans for you. And my designs are always rooted in mercy. And I'm going to, and the Lord says then, He says what? I'm going to rebuild and restore you. He says, again, I will restore you and you shall be rebuilt, O virgin Israel. These are the plans of the Lord. And this isn't just for Israel. This is for really all of humanity. This is for us. But let's look concretely about what this looks like. Because, you know, sometimes we can think that, well, you know, the Lord's going to do this and maybe we don't have to do anything. The Lord's just going to do it. But that's not how God works. God works and he likes to work in cooperation with us, free human beings, because God has given us, he's made us in his image and likeness to cooperate with him. Because that cooperation signifies love or that we want what God wants. And so anyway, in the gospel today, we have the Lord reaching out, not to an Israelite, but to a Canaanite, a pagan. Or not so much he reaching out to her, but she reaching out to him. Get this, her daughter is possessed. Can you imagine if your child was possessed and you saw that your child was tormented by a demon? What that must feel like? This woman experienced that. And so so, somehow she came to know about this rabbi, this great rabbi, Jesus, who she understands to have some form of, some form of messianic credentials because she called him the son of David. And so she went to him and she cried out, have pity on me, have pity on me, Lord, son of David. And what that means is this woman recognizes that she is a woman who's in need because She has a daughter who is in need. She is suffering because she's watching her child suffer. And she goes to Jesus and says, have pity on me. And what that says is she recognizes her need and the need of her daughter, but that she's helpless to do anything. So she goes to Jesus. And Jesus does what? He blows her off. He gives her the silent treatment. You're like, that's kind of not cool, Jesus. What's up with that? Here's this woman coming to you. You want people to come to you in faith. 
and, 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 to, and to ask for help, and she's doing it, but you're blowing her off. What's up with that? Well, notice the woman's response after that. Does she give up? No. Does she, does she call the ambulance? No. She, she digs down deeper. She approaches him more, and she what? First, she goes to him, bends down, and does him homage. And what's that about? She's recognizing that there's some, he is greater than she is. She might not perceive him as God, as such, as we understand him, but she understands that he is someone of great stature, of great, that the power of God is with him. And so she bends down and does an act of reverence, an act of humility before him. And what does she say after that? Lord, help me. She's like, I got nothing. She, I can't do anything. Lord, help me. It's very simple. She doesn't complicate it. Lord, help me, man. Just help. And so, you know, the Lord gives her another reply about, you know, taking the food of the children and throwing it to the dogs. And by the way, that sounds harsher than it is. In the, I think in the Greek translation, it's much more gentle. It, I think the, the word for dogs is, is little puppies. So, yeah, well, no, it's true, it's true. Just because, you know, you hear dog, you're like, man, that's kind of like not, you know, it's kind of harsh. But, but anyway, um, even when the Lord kind of pushes her way, she what? She doesn't stop. She relentlessly goes back to the Lord and gives her response about the dogs eating the scraps that fall for the table of their masters. And after that, Jesus says, what now? He's like, oh, woman, great is your faith. So what's going on with that, with that whole scene? Well, it's this. It's, yes, the Lord does have designs of mercy for all of us. He does have a design to rebuild and restore all of us in some way, whether it's through a sin that we have, whether it's that, that we're trying to, to overcome, whether it, it, it's a wound that we have in our heart. You know, maybe somebody has wounded us growing up. We lack something. Um, it, in our life, some type of formation, or, or just somebody has, has hurt us that, that, um, that, that we haven't resolved. And, it, and, and it's a burden to us. And so the Lord, the Lord does have designs of mercy for us, but sometimes the Lord wants to see a proper response for us before he acts in our life. In other words, he wants to see how bad we want it. He wants to see how bad we want to be healed. And he wants to also see um, how, how willing, how low we're willing to go, how humble we're willing to go, how vulnerable we're able to be in order to receive that healing. And, and that's what you see in today's, really in both readings, but specifically in the gospel, you see this woman she, she recognized who can heal her, but the Lord leads her to a very deep, humble, and vulnerable place. And what the Lord is doing there is helping her, really two things, he's helping her to realize and helping her to realize in a very deep way that she can't do it on her own. And as she realizes that she can't do it on her own, it brings her to this really helpless place. And that's why she's, just, she's like, you know, Lord, I can't, but you can. And that's what this persistence is all about. 
her, 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 her continual going back at Jesus and going to him evokes a faith that, that the Lord is trying to draw out of her. So this humility and faith that the Lord is trying to draw out of her, and then she's ready for the grace to come and for it to produce, produce its fruit. And that's what the Lord, this is the beauty of this reading. And this is the beauty of, again, how the, it's no different than it for us in the 21st century. And you know, actually, since we're here at the shrine, or I'm here at the shrine now, you know, this is how the Lord worked with Faustina sometimes. You know, when I, was, when I did my 30-day retreat, before I made my perpetual vows, um, I did this 30-day Ignatian retreat, and we're allowed to have one book, like, well, two books, the Bible and some other spiritual book, and I chose the diary. So what I did is I just, I had never read through the diary, so I tried to read through the diary um, during that time, and, and, I, and I began to take notes because I noticed a theme that, that, that many times Faustina would, would, would reckon, the Lord would give her the grace to recognize her own nothingness and her own misery. But every time that that happened, it caused St. Faustina to what? Despair? No. It, saw, it allowed her to see just how broken she was and, you know, in her nothingness to just have a total dependence on the Lord. It increased her dependence on Jesus. And the Lord was pretty bold with her. You know, um, Jesus said to her one time, um, you're right, you are misery itself. And if I were to show you the full extent of your misery, you would die of fright. Is Jesus being mean? No. He's being tough, yes. He's being tough in the truth because he has great plans for us. And in order for those plans, for, for those plans, for that grace, that transformative grace that the Lord has for us, he needs to sometimes, you know, make us face the hard truth of things to bring us to a place where we can receive it. That's what he had to do with Israel. In order to rebuild them, he had to purify them and make them see and experience the wickedness of their ways so they can get to a place where eventually they could receive the Messiah. So anyway, this is uh, what, what is, I think, at the heart of the readings today. God's desire for mercy God's plan for mercy, which wants to heal, restore, and rebuild. And the importance of our response with that. And also with that, to be willing to persevere and to not give up when you're praying to be healed, to be restored, to be rebuilt. And so may we always trust in the Lord and his merciful plans for us. And may today, if you're, if you're sitting out in these pews or you're sitting watching at home and you have a wound in your heart, you're trying to overcome a sin or you're trying to be healed, remember to persevere and to remember to go to a, a more deeper, humble, vulnerable, and poor place in your heart. And just, and just abandon yourself with trust to him who can heal all things.
Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.